adventure through a wasteland twisted by dark magic, undead monsters, and contagious insanity where life and death are no longer opposites, but a spectrum of cruelties. Emerging from the dregs, an old king makes one final attempt to save his realm. Today's episode is brought to you by the newest project of Lee Ellis, author of the Kill Dash series, God Blood is a grim, dark short story with the audio runtime of two hours available on Audible and a digital print available for those that prefer reading. This exciting adventure is available now. But parents beware, it's not for the faint of heart. Stay tuned after the episode for an exclusive audio clip of God Blood. Hey guys, uh, Redneck West here and wanted to tell you about our sponsor for this show. It is Smoky Mountain Collector's Showcase. They have a spring showcase, which will be coming up March 4th, 2023, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Evergreen Smoky Mountain Convention Center on the Parkway in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Comics, cards, toys, and more. Come out and check us out. It'll be a great time. Guarantee you'll love it. Welcome to The Nerdy Old Men Podcast. The greatest nerd, geek, and pop culture podcast in history. With your host, Redneck Wes. He keeps screwing up, people. And that old bald man, Chad. Come on, man. This is a fun place. Don't be it. Hey, all you awesome nerds. What is up? We're back. We are back. Uh, Not 100%, but Wes we're is hacking his lungs up, which I did a while back, too. Yeah. It's uh, there is something going on. Uh, it's it. Well, I had strep last week. Uh, it's not that. It's some kind of head cold. <laughs> yeah, there's just, something going on. But it's man. been. It's, you know. But it, it doesn't help that it's. You know, sixty degrees one day, and you know, was it thirty five right now? Yeah, and it was sixty seven yesterday. What well, the they called off school because of snow. It didn't snow, did it? No, but some of the you know the well, rural the ma- yeah in the mountain mountains like in schools. in Sevier County, Tennessee, is supposed to get like twenty <laughs> inches. Of snow in the mountains there, but we're not getting anything here. Yeah, well, I know, but like up in uh, Jellico and Wim Hamsham, um, <laughs> those are actual places, by the way. Those yes. of you that don't live around these parts uh, here in East Tennessee, um, <laughs> they are they are back in the mountains. So it is, I guess, the better part of Valor. Yes, uh, Valor and Valley. Speaking <laughs> of Valley, Stephen Valley is going to be on our show here after a while, <laughs> talking about Rocky Top Game Gone. Looking forward. Yeah, that's a good man. transition I had right there. Look at uh, you. Then, but anyway, so okay. Full disclosure, folks. <laughs> we got new sounds. Chad's got new sounds on the board. So, so before we get started on today's topic, um, let, let's let, you know. Let's do uh, the news. I wish y'all could see how big he's grinning. I right love now. my sounds. I really do. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, Wes, what's been going on in in your nerd world? I've been doing a lot of reading, trying to to work on a book for a, a friend of ours, Dan Payton. Uh, yes. I'm actually reading through one of his books right now. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have him on. Absolutely. If I can get left alone to finish reading it. Yes. Um, Dan's a great guy. Uh, but we're going to have Dan on and talk about his book. I know he's got some new stuff coming out. Does, yeah. So looking forward to that. Yes. Re- uh, look, look for Dan Payton stuff on uh, on Amazon. Yes, uh, go help out He's local, guy. local guy. independent artist. Great guy, but uh, yeah, just doing that and 
watching a lot of YouTube videos in preparation. Oh, yeah, for today's, and today's show, topic. we're going to get to that. So, <laughs> so there's that. We got, then, our, uh, we got our D and D game coming at the end of the month. So yes, looking, uh, looking forward to that. Um, and the the wifey's birthday is actually the day before we play. So, oh boy, uh, she can get that out of the way. Yeah, right and then go play D and D. But no, she's. Uh, <sighs> She's a keeper, so I love her. Yeah, there you go. Get the, um, get the bonus points out yeah, of the way. So. Do, do the best you can. Um, but, you know, it's just been trying to survive being sick and having to yeah. work. And so in other words, you've done no nerd stuff other than researching today. I, I managed to break my, my both my tabletop and my uh, – DM screen minis at the man, same time. Got to figure out what's up with that resin, man. Yeah, I'm. I'm if if you're a 3D printer, let us know what resin would make, 3D printer. Yeah, what is. would make resin print or resin prints so brittle? I, I honestly think I might be over curing them. I mean, I, like when when I talked about breaking my brothers that you printed, I mean, I dropped it literally from like two feet. It was in my hand and it, maybe three feet, and I was holding it down and I dropped it on. Um, vinyl floor and it broke so uh, and like just like vaporized well see so the, there's got to be so, it, it's got to be something it, it broke in in my defense it did break in the most narrow part on the entire miniature well yeah where the the hand where the wrist was doing the uh the eldritch blast but that's and happened just multiple times so there's yeah. something up with that so I'm, i've got to do a little research on the uh, the resin curing uh but i've been i've been eyeing that Elegoo's new Neptune. Oh, he come in Max. all excited oh, about that, yeah. dude! It's it's a huge printer and just, like a teenage girl when the new boy shows up yes. in the classroom. He um, is just it is out a, of his mind. It is a sweet <laughs> printer. So, um, you know, kind of looking here he goes. Yeah. See, see, folks, that's why he was complimenting his wife right before this statement. <laughs> he's, he's trying to buy. Hey, I, I, I have Christmas money <laughs> saved up, so I'm like. Um, that's good. No, so I'm I'm kind of looking at maybe getting that filament printer just so I can do some bigger prints. Um, Ender has their stuff on sale right now. Yeah, I know, but this is way bigger than Ender's. No, I'm just saying you were talking about a filament printer. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, that's a filament printer. It is a filament printer. Oh, for some reason, I thought it was resin. They okay. they do resin printers, but the the Neptune line is a uh, filament. is a filament printer, and nice. when you can print a full helmet. Nice. Instead of having to, you know, cut it up and glue it together. Yeah. Ooh, and it's and just, uh, just some sweet prints. I've seen people uh, printing. Uh, so Wes gets that he'll just be driving around with different helmets on. I, honestly, I would. <laughs> he'll be working. You know, like I got Doctor Doom mask on. Somebody, can, got excuse me, got sir, it, can got, you tell me where? His, no, Doom cannot tell you. Got his Pepsi polo on and he's selling um, drinks and he's got his Doctor Doom helmet. Um, <laughs> frankly built uh frank has got a a lot of videos uh, and that's that's one of the printers that he he uses uh uncle jesse has done some videos so you can check out you know check both of them out on youtube and instagram places like that if you're yeah. if you're interested in uh, that stuff getting into 3d printing those are two really good guys to follow uh learn i've learned a lot from watching what they've posted so uh, shout out to them for sharing what information, uh, tips and tricks that they've learned over the mm-hmm. years. So you know, but uh, anyways, what's uh, what's happening with you? Well, I I, I went back to and and we interviewed the guy at uh, Rugtop GameCon last year, the guy that owns uh, um, Lucky Dog Studios, <clears throat> and 
that's uh, I bought. Wes and I both bought um, the paintbrush, little paint paintbrush holders. But I bought a hanging on the a wall hanging paint bottle holder, and he has different sizes. And I bought the small, which holds Reaper bottles, and it also has a <laughs> shelf on the top, which I've got some Citadel and some other stuff sitting on top of it. And it cleared my work table off a lot. I've got it right over there in the man cave in between a bunch of uh, autographs and artwork and things like that, so it kind of fits in right there. And uh, So that, that was a big help for me, uh, doing a bunch of printing stuff. Man. I noticed a lot of terrain sitting on the table. Yeah, I'm work- yeah, I've got a good desert. Star Wars Legion desert terrain already. So now I'm working on one. I've got a mat that's um, that's very, yeah, he's just flicking my, <laughs> my 3D prints. Um, and I've got a kind of like an ocean front sort of uh, greenish mat. So I'm working on a, uh, from my favorite Star Wars. I say Rogue One. Rogue One, I'm working on a Scarif. Um, so I've got a bunch of Imperial buildings, bunkers and uh, comm centers and, and barrack or uh, barracks and things like that. So, yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing. I uh, um, I don't know if I mentioned it last week or not, but uh, Ryan uh, Solowski from the uh, uh, the Stabcast, the local uh, Star Wars Legion podcast. Um, we've played three games. I uh, of Legion. I beat him two times in a row. I think it really hurt his heart, and he come back and beat me on a third third one. So he's happy. Uh, <laughs> How did, how did DKOMG do? He lived a lot longer than he should have, which is always, <laughs> always. And, uh, the cockroach of your well, Imperial he was troops. he was like, why won't that stormtrooper die? I'm like, let me tell you something about this guy. <laughs> this is DKOMG. Then I played uh, Michelle J and and thrashed him pretty good, but um, actually, no, I take that back. I beat him, and we actually went to many to more rounds than we've ever had before. He actually played really, really well. I'm just messing. And then the other night I played, uh, which um, I am still one and zero against you. What did we were practicing? <laughs> uh, but uh, Will, uh, I played Will the other day, and he did throttle the hell out of me. So that was the absolute worst game I've ever had. So I'm in a slump. Oh, um, I'm playing Will again here at uh, noon. Uh, so I'm gonna try to avenge myself. So that's kind of where that that's been going. But um, hey, guys, like we said earlier, we got uh, Stephen Valley who is the man behind Rocky Top Game Con, on the horn with us today. Good morning, Stephen. How are you, buddy? Good morning. How are you guys? Outstanding. And uh, before we even get started on this, we want to thank you again for inviting us to the show. We had a heck of a good time. Oh, it was so much fun last time. Yeah, or 2012. Jeez, my brain. <laughs> the 2022 show. So we're excited for the 2023 show. And anyway, right. it, it's been one of those mornings. I just looked at my show notes, and I literally wrote 2013 on the night. Oh, <laughs> but anyway, hey, tell us, uh, you know, uh, for folks that that don't know and they're crazy if they don't know what Rock Top Game Con is, tell us what it is and what you got new going on for this year. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys uh, for coming out. Uh, you guys uh, always add you know a little something extra to the show. Um, you know, uh, you give a uh, you make the guests for like guests and uh, and it, the interviews are great. And uh, you know, I was just going back and uh, listening to some of the older shows and. Uh, uh, as far as getting a feel for the show, um, definitely uh, I recommend anyone listen to those uh, older episodes from uh, last year. I'll uh, post them on my social media. Uh, some great interviews, uh, some some good people and uh, good friends. And uh, so thank you guys for that. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate yeah, that. We made a lot of good friends with your show. And, you, and last year being what – last year was your second show, right? Yes, yeah, sir. Sure. Yeah, and it uh, was like – 
what, 10, 20 times larger than the first one, and you had a bunch of outstanding guests. And I know you got a bunch more this time. And as a matter of fact, a couple of our guests that we've had, I've directed over to you, and it sounds like they've got uh, hooked up with you with some tables there too. So that's exciting. Yeah, you know, um, uh, the most difficult thing uh, about conventions is proof of concept, right? How can um, How can you communicate the ideas that you're still uh, trying to get across. And uh, for Rocky Top, um, our idea is that we want people to relax, get out for a weekend, play some games, and, uh, you know, a home away from home, if you will. And, uh, uh, you know, like last year, for instance, uh, people were like, oh, man, I can can play D&D the whole weekend? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. uh, I definitely, and they're like, I'll definitely come back and request off because a lot of people are used to just, you know, coming in, going to the dealer room, buying some stuff, and going home. Uh, but we're trying to add a, a little bit more of an experience in that. You know, the dealer room is very important, and we love our dealer room. Uh, but we want to, you know, a lot of free stuff to do, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, competitive play to win stuff to do, you know, whatever your uh, cup of tea is. And uh, that's that's what we want to do is provide lots of options, not replace anything, not uh, just just be a value add. That's what we're aiming to do. Um, so maybe instead of um, you know driving uh, you know uh, outside of uh, of your hometown or uh, maybe going across country, uh, maybe you know Tennessee, little little easier. Uh, just a you know uh, just another option. And uh, that being said, uh, I, I, you talked uh, mentioned uh, our growth. So yeah, our growth has been fantastic. Uh, we, the first year was in the venue in Lenore City, and that is a fantastic venue. Uh, it's about eleven thousand square feet. Uh, we had two hundred people. So we had four vendors, our Gen One vendors, and uh, they followed us to uh, you know the second show, and uh, we had you know seven hundred people in uh, uh, thirty-two or no. Uh, 50,000 square feet. I'd have to look it up. Uh, and the Jacobs building, Chihuahua park, uh, again, fantastic venue. Um, great parking. Um, and, uh, hard, hard to find that kind of parking in the city typically. Uh, and it's, uh, it's great. Uh, they do the Tennessee Valley fair there. And, uh, I couldn't uh, ask for more. It was a, a balcony view, uh, looking down and seeing the gamers and, than being able to spend money in the dealer room, uh, you know, and uh, and, and that was a cool, cool site, Steve. I gotta, I gotta say that was yeah. really neat because yeah. we were up there in the corner and had a bird's eye view. Yeah, and, and our banner took up the entire corner, which was awesome. But, <laughs> but it's it's neat because you've got you know, obviously the, the Warhammer was a big draw, and, and, Star, yeah. War, and Star Wars Legion. and Star Wars Legion was over on the other end. Yep. But down under where we were at, you had all like the the card, card games, games going yeah. on, and it was amazing because oh. it was packed. And we're just kind of sitting there watching everybody. It's well, like, and, and, the, and the neat thing about that is, is even if you're not playing in one of those those big tournaments, Legion or uh, Age of Sigmar or 40K, you can walk around there and kind of observe some of those games from afar and talk to some of the folks that aren't playing, you know, if in, in like, hey, you know, I think I might want to do this. Can you tell me about it? You know, as long as the guys aren't playing, you can talk to them and observe some of the things, and, and that's good. And then you can walk on down, and I know Contraband Games was there last year doing their uh, the game that they got, uh, you know, a play test. There's always going to be people doing that kind of stuff, playing games randomly at different places and things like that. And then you go up, of course, I don't know if you've changed the concept, but upstairs was where we were and all the vendors and things like that. So, man, you can just walk around that thing several times and not see everything. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I am. Uh, I'm really excited about this year. There's so many things. Uh, it, uh, I, it's so difficult because there are so many things I want to share that I can't talk about just yet. Right, uh, we're yeah. still confirming a few things, moving things around. We want to manage people's expectations. Um, and, uh, you know, win, um, win or no deal is how I always operate. Um, so, but, uh, things that we're doing different this year. Um, so we're going to have a lot more free things to do. Uh, we're going to be doing a karaoke in the evening. Uh, we'll have, uh, you know, uh, food and beverages, uh, later on in the evening and we'll have a, you know, karaoke. We'll have, uh, we'll have, uh, we just have, um, one panel room, but that panel room is going to be filled to the brim with, uh, with super, uh, relevant gaming, uh, and uh, skill uh, opportunities for artists. Uh, we're looking at panels for, um, you know, the do's and don'ts of commission painting. Uh, you know, uh, we're looking at uh, the do's and don'ts of um, earning a commission, um, uh, a commission painting business. Because uh, there's a lot of talented people out here, and uh, and they, they could always use a, a little uh, uh, direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're also um, uh, our guest, Michael Haspel. Uh, good friend of, of the show, a good personal friend, uh, uh, just a good dude overall. Uh, he is currently uh, uh, an author for the Black Library uh, Games Workshop. He has a few Star credit, uh, Star Trek credits nice. uh, for screenwriting. Um, cool guy. Uh, he's going to do some panels for, uh, you know, uh, his trip to Egypt and relevance of pop culture. Uh, he's going to do a couple of writing workshops. It's, uh, it's going to be great. I, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of good panels, a lot of good guests, uh, some old faces returning, um, some new faces, uh, but, uh, and I, and, uh, I can't wait to, can't wait to tell you more as the, as the date approaches. That's right. And, and always, we always share everything that you got going on with that since we're guests there and we you know, we're excited about, about that opportunity as well. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it, and, and, and Stephen, even he was so slam packed with stuff last year, he handed me the microphone, let me do some of the, uh, some of the announcements, which was another opportunity for me to throw my voice out there. That was, that was I say, did he hand it or as <laughs> so much as you take it? Well, I think he handed it to me once and I went back and took it every time I had a chance, but <laughs> <laughs> but but no, that's exciting yeah. stuff, man. And and uh, give us the uh, the down low on how people can find out information about it, um, and you know costs, yeah. and you know if somebody's looking to be a vendor, or, or how can people get all the details about it? Absolutely. So of course we have our uh, our Facebook business page, uh, Rocky Top Game Con. Um, that's a great way to see constant updates and posts. Uh, we have a website, RockyTopGameCon dot com. Very easy to remember. And uh, that will have all of the uh, all of the links uh, to uh, purchase tickets, uh, vendor passes. Uh, we have art tables, and we have uh, we have vendor booths. And uh, the uh, if you are going to be a vendor, um, we uh, we stay in constant communication with you. We promote you. We give you uh, the celebrity treatment, uh, just like it, uh, we would any of our other guests. Uh, and uh, we promote you all the way up until the event. Uh, of course, we'll give you a little bit extra promotion if you want to sponsor the event. There's plenty of ways to do that. Um, just email us at rockytopgamecon at gmail.com, and uh, we'll uh, give you all the information you need uh, on uh, on how to work the show. And expect that, that's one of the great things about these smaller local shows. You see every level of business there. There's low entry to get in. And uh, as, as your first convention, you know, we, we'd love to have you. Uh, as a local business, we want to support you. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, let us be your, uh, testing con, you know, before, you, you know, uh, we'll be your, uh, training, uh, training wheels. And until you're uh, ready to go to the, the big boys, you know, dragon con, uh, uh, you know, uh, gen con, all that, all that good stuff. Uh, we're, we're happy to help you as much as we can. Uh, we remember the people that have helped us early and we're going to help you grow just as you helped us grow. And it, it's, we can attest to that, that, um, it was, and we went to a bunch of cons last year as a podcast, and yours is like, I mean, there's a couple that are like tied at, at number one, and you're one of them, and and I and I truly mean that Absolutely. because it, we, I mean, uh-huh. you, you guys made us feel super super at home. You let us do our thing. You let us help you, which is is really what we love. Yeah. We love to do yeah. that, and uh, yeah. you know, so and that was funny because it just kept. You know, it started out as something that was like, well, let's just try to do this to try to help oh, out. The, the next the thing, scavenger hunt no, thing, it just got completely like, out of control. Everybody's <laughs> like, hey, can I throw in? Can I? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the, the whole point about this before we let you go, buddy, is that just like we said when we did a, an episode with him early last year uh, before the thing, is that uh, this show really is about bringing the community together, the gaming Take community in, in particular, and yeah. uh, um, the gaming community. And it really does feel that way. And uh, all the vendors are this kind of into the same thing, and all the gaming going on. So, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Stephen, but that's kind of the feel of it. And that's kind of what you're going. Yeah, for. and we're never going to lose that. We're always going to stay. Uh, you know, uh, it's 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 so funny. Um, so I'll, I'll, let me say this: um, we are working on getting a very uh, prominent uh, commission studio, um, and uh, they are. Um, Man, there was so much that they can. Uh, they they at one point uh, managed uh, three hundred painters. Uh, I, I can't tell you. I've I've met a lot of people who have done that. They they were at uh, Adepticon and they were on YouTube at its inception. Uh, I'm uh, Blue Table Painting. Uh, if uh, most people were like, oh, I've heard of them. Uh, well, they were one of the biggest pink uh, paint commission studios ever. Uh, we're we're working hard to try to get them as a guest, and they they intend uh, they're going to do some panels. Uh, for anyone looking to get into the industry and talk about their rich experience. Uh, but one of the things that they had mentioned was, you know, this feels like uh, very much, uh, you know, Adepticon 2004 when there are only 400 people, right? Now, we're a little bigger than that. Uh, I expect at least uh, 1,500 in attendance this year. Uh, we're a little bigger than that. But uh, point is, is, you know, uh, just, you know, just starting out as a studio for them, like this, this kind of gets them back to, uh, you know, the glory days. And, uh, and I was honored to hear that, that, that that's huge for me to hear. And we, we never want to lose that feel. We always want to uh, be open to help uh, and, and open to working with people uh, because this isn't uh, as much as uh, there's still a lot I want to do uh, just to, you know, bring more value to, to Tennessee and Knoxville and the Southeast in general. I also want to give other people the opportunity to get their, their uh, visions uh, and uh, their ideas out there. Uh, and so, and you guys are a huge value at any convention is lucky to have you guys. I'm not just saying that, um, you guys, um, really, uh, always just boost morale and just light up the room, uh, at any show I've seen you at. And like I said, the interviews like really, you know, make people feel like they're, they're, they're giving back. And I, I can't thank you guys. Well, I, pres- I appreciate that, man. Wes is signing the check now to go ahead and send that to you. Yeah, no, no, man. We really, we really appreciate that, man. And uh, yeah. everybody make sure that uh, you go and check out that stuff. But I think we failed to mention, when is it? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so every Memorial Day weekend, uh, rain or shine, 
this year it's uh, May 26th is Friday, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, doors open at uh, 10 a.m. and uh, we are open till uh, 10 p.m. Uh, we're going to have the vendor hall open the entire length uh, for the request of the vendors. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, so you know, get off at work at 6 p.m. in the afternoon, no problem. Uh, you know, uh, now Sunday, are, of course, is our earlier day. That's 10 to 6 p.m. Um, and uh, again, the room will be open the whole time. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, every Memorial Day weekend, uh, we know some people take uh, vacations at that time. But uh, and uh, so, you know, no, uh, we figured, you know, holiday is going to be better because people already have, P- uh, they don't need to use PTO. A lot of people already have the weekend off. So, you know, anytime that you're in town, we'll be here. That's, that's uh, awesome. Know, hope you save a little bit of money. Yeah. You, you can go. spend a little bit of time in there or the whole weekend in yeah. there, and you're going to have a good time either way. So, all right, man, we appreciate that. And and give us a yell, man, when uh, when, when you got updates, and, and we'll be glad to share that kind of stuff. Absolutely, guys. Well, uh, thank you so much yeah. uh, for your, uh, having me on, and uh, uh, look forward to seeing you guys uh, this year. So we're going to talk about something that we we typically stay away from controversial things, but, but th- this th- is something this that falls, is near and dear to our. This heart. falls within our wheelhouse, and I know Wes has done a bunch of a uh, of research on this. But for those of you that don't know what's going on, Wizards of the Coast, yes, who owns the Dungeons and Dragons license, which is now owned by now owned by Hasbro, right? till all are one, yes. Has, bro. Uh, so you've heard about this D and D one thing where they're going to go away from um, <clears throat> versions or editions and going to like basically a, instead of calling it sixth edition, they're calling it one D and D. Well, and, and everything it, and it, is supposed to fall within right, that. and it's going to be sort of like a living document versus reproducing a whole new thing. Yes, is is my understanding. So you will get an awful lot like. Uh, some tabletop board games do or like uh, Warhammer and Star Wars Legion where they produce erratas and things updates uh, to rule sets and things is kind of, I think what, <clears throat> what this is going to be, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. But before that, and, and always they had a, uh, an open license, uh, an open game license and they have changed that now. Well, or it's there's a big hoopla about it. So yeah, this so, is the topic. Yeah. So the, before Wes gets in, into his research, so the the open game license that they had, okay, uh, it was a pu- public copyright license. Okay. So I'm I'm reading from from a note here. Uh, the open game license is a public public copyright license by Wizards of the Coast that may be used by tabletop role play game developers to grant permission to modify copy and redistribute some of their work okay and what that is <clears throat> is if you're making adventures like you have um like the website uh, dungeon dungeon master guild you produce a homebrew adventure and you write it up and you make art for it or whatever you can sell it there and say that it's compatible with dungeons and dragons basically what the open game license was doing was if you were a third-party independent creator, yes, and you wanted to make something that was compatible, it allowed you to use the mechanics, yes, the the D twenty system, basically yep. is what it is, and say that it was compatible, <laughs> and say that it was compatible with Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons, and therein lies the problem because uh, this came out in two thousand and. Dungeons and Dragons had, had 
kind of always been like an underground yes and hobby, were, and it was waning a little bit for a and while, and it was, and people like us who have played for a long time, you know, we did a lot of homebrew stuff before we knew it was called that. It was just it was our game, you know. Yes. Yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. were in the well. We did that because we couldn't afford. <laughs> well, we didn't have the resources, and they didn't have that many pre-made modules. No, I mean, well. They did have pre-made modules, but they were all from TSR. Yeah, and there wasn't a whole bunch. I mean, eh, there's not like six or six to eight ju- of them. Something. You jump on. Oh, now it, you can. Yeah, Dungeons and Masters Guild, and you've got tons. Well, I mean, there's from. Kickstarters. And, yeah, 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 and people are just. Doing but it, but anyway, back then, we didn't have a lot, so we just we had PHB, the DMG, yeah, and the Monster right. Manual. And that was <clears throat> right. pretty much it until later on when Third Edition came out. Because Chad and I were second edition guys, so we had pretty much three books. Yes. Um, third edition, there was, I think it, I'm trying to remember exactly when, I want to yeah, say third edition was Wizards, but I, I may be wrong on that, and they may have still remember. been TSR. I don't remember. But third edition, there was a lot more books starting to come out. Yes. But they were all official yeah. from Dungeons and Dragons. We'll just, yes. air quotes, Dungeons yeah, and Dragons. Whoever owned it at the time. <clears throat> And if you wanted something like that, you had to go to a box store or a bookstore or something like that 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 had sold it, yeah. That product. And there's a lot of creative people that play D and D. It's it's all about creativity, imagination. And people were and I, I wanna say that like um I know Dragonlance was the home game of uh, Gygax? No, not Gygax. I didn't think so. Um, okay. Everything else was Gygax. Yes. You know, going from Chainmail to, to D&D. Um, uh, Hickman and, uh, and Wise. Yes, that's That right. was their uh, their world that they had created in Dungeons & Dragons. And I want to say that Strahd actually came from, uh, like, like their Halloween party or something. That was like a Halloween... Huh. I may be well, it's wrong. Po- it's possible. It's possible. But anyways, it, there was there were some things that that were made that ended up becoming canon, and uh, when people you know kind of latched onto those things and like oh, you know I really like this and what what happened if we went this way and kind of got away from you know the Sword Coast where a lot of the adventures took place you right. know and people said well, we'll just. You know, what if we make our own lore? Because, like, you know, like we've had the same characters for thirty years. Yeah, those originals. <laughs> so we created lore with them. Yes. Yeah, there's there's a lot of backstories that we have. Which, which as we're going to explain this thing, folks understand that they're not telling you you can't do that anymore. No, no. Basically, you can't sell that stuff. Well, without without very without very restrictive we're, we're, things. We're kind of going yeah. the long yeah. way, yeah. which you know we tend to do. Yeah. But there was a lot of people starting to make things you know and it, it was i guess like traded around you know and in 2000 they basically said look if, if you want to make something and sell it and have it be compatible with with D, you know we're going to let you do it royalty free mm-hmm. forever and everybody was like okay cool and that's which when you, i think helped save the game it really did because I know we really that was about the time we kind of because you know we were going yeah. you know, finishing up college yeah, and yeah. kind of getting into the real world and yeah. you know 
We still had our group, but there we weren't period, all regular. Yeah, there was a period of time where we didn't play. <clears throat> and But you could still go on. Per- I mean, you still needed their products to yeah. continue to do this, but they did allow folks to help flourish and build that that community. Yes, and, and I think that was what really kind of saved it was, you know, uh, things like Cobalt Press mm-hmm. coming up with adventures and, you know, which ultimately things like that, re- you know, led to critical role, you know. Which all is, the, by the way, now going to be affected. Yes, there's a by, lot. There's and a that's lot of a people. big entity. Well, and it is going to be affected by this new thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is the thing, is the... I hate to say it, but when Wizards was bought by Hasbro mm-hmm. till all or one, yep, I think that's where the problems came in because it was about the money. And it is. It I mean, is. really, it, it 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 it's which it's okay. It is their intellectual property. Yes. Okay. So to play devil's advocate on that. NBA side of my world, mm-hmm. it is their intellectual property. Yes. But the righteous thing is to remember that it was the community that helped them stay alive, in my opinion. It, it really was because, you know, now it's cool to play D&D. Yes, thanks to a bunch of Hollywood influence, which is fine. But Stranger Things. If, if if you want to look at it though, it's the fans because yeah, the Duffer Brothers were fans. They yes. made Stranger Things. Yeah, they didn't just let's throw this in there. <laughs> and I, I'm 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 not a fan of Critical Role. I just I can't get into it. Yeah, but, but they are fans of Dungeons and, and Dragons. It brought people to the game. Exactly. I guarantee. I, there's probably no real way to get a good statistical analysis of that, but. I would like to know a rough number of people that, you know, I, I mean, would, I would say half of the who new players, bro- who how at least half of the new players. Yeah. I would say either, f- either critical role or strength or something where it was a, a, a visual medium yeah. that brought them yeah, into yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah. Cause you always like to say, you know, we had theater of the mind we had, cause we didn't have minis. We didn't have no, maps. We but, had to make it all but up. Seeing that. Yeah. So yes. And, and, there's there's popularity among other fantasy things that will drag you into that, um, you know. Just Lord of the Rings, yeah, Lord of the Rings stuff. But I'm talking about currently, not now. Like uh, uh, Game of Thrones, I would imagine a bunch of people that were like got, got into the show also got into hey, hey this is a game that kind of looks sort of like it. Yeah, you know, it's like I just, can tell just a, a just similar a theory. story. But I get, I think the point you're getting at is maybe wizards. Or D and D, and D corporate now thinks that because of all this influence and it's built back up again, maybe we want to um, put the vice on this open license thing to try to make a little bit more money off of. Well, and I, and I go back to Hasbro because um, I know Wizards when they acquired them because Wizards uh, does the uh, you know Magic the Gathering yep. card game. Yep. Well, apparently they were kind of upset because they thought they were printing too many cards, you know, causing that to, you know, when you have oversaturation in the market, price goes down. Yes. So they're willing to keep the price up. And at one point, um, 
I was reading some stuff online. Apparently, they wanted to sell off the Magic Line, like just have it be its own company. Yeah, and it's like, well, no, you know. Yeah. Um. So, and going back to like, you know, like the books and stuff. If you were playing, say, third edition, about the only thing that the player had to buy was PHB. Yes. You didn't always have to do that. I mean, because somebody always yeah. had one. And usually it was your DM. And he had the PHB, the DMG, the Monster Manual, right, right. any other supplements. So really you had, call it one person. If you had a group of five, had one person that was buying three to five books. at Back then they were, what, $20, $30 a piece? Yeah, probably. <clears throat> and then you might have... Two, maybe three other members of the group that are buying one book. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like you, you can only get so much money out of that one DM. So, and and it's still sort of the same the same way. And <clears throat> again, devil's advocate, I guess D D is like <clears throat> we need you know, we need to get how do all we the make money this more com- profitable? Yeah, it's it, it and are they wrong for that? I it's it's if you're difficult the, to say. If you're looking at it straight from the you know the financial side of it, no, because you're you're in a business to make money. Yes, I guess where a lot of people had problems was they made this open license agreement, which was known as you know the open license agreement. Yes, and it said in perpetuity, you can do this royalty free, make your stuff. Cool. Where a lot of people have really, you know, lit the torches and grabbed the pitchforks yes. and gone to battle is the fact that D and D corporate has said, okay, that contract that you know, because we made a we deal. Said, yeah, we made, we made a this deal, deal. Is okay. That doesn't. You can make stuff under, but it doesn't count anymore. Yes. You have to do. You know, the 1.1. 1. 1. 1. Right. And we, we actually were able to get... Uh, actually... Some, well, we, we were able to get a secret recording from inside D&D offices when they were talking about this with uh, their attorneys. So, hang on a second. Here we go. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. The guy sounds mean. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, it's very, very dark. <laughs> very dark. Very dark. Vader-ish. But, yeah, I mean, I actually have in my hands... There it is. A, uh, a copy of the the actual the actual from uh, open game license. Yeah, one point one one point one, and there's I haven't got it's to sit thick. down in and it's well the original OGL yeah was nine hundred words <laughs> a legal document this uh, a legal words. document that they came up with yeah. uh, for the fans so that they could create was nine hundred words yes. This is nine thousand. Yes, and it some is of the fifteen pages. Some of the things I've I've seen, it's like if you make over a certain amount of money, it's something like twenty five percent. They're saying if you make over seven hundred fifty thousand, which there's not a lot that do. But however, there is also been rumors, you know, floating around because in in the agreement it says you know at any given time we can change the agreement. Yes, so it could go. What if you make Fifty thousand. What if you make twenty thousand? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's if like oh we're we're making 
this much money off of this. Well, see, what it is 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 they're saying that if you are a third party creator and you are making content, that you have to sign this document in order to keep doing that. Yes. However, in here it, it it's stated that if you create something and we don't like it, we can null and void your cease and desist. Yeah. No, we, we can it. basically say you can't do this anymore. That's what I'm saying. You can't do it. If you make something and we really like it, we can take it and give you nothing for it. Yeah. And that's jacked. Even though we That's tyrannical, and, 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 man. Well, you're saying Okay, Chad, you you've come up. Okay, Lagar, your yeah. your wizard, you like to use. Yeah. You know, you we like it. We like it. It's ours now. We're not going to give you anything for it, and they can legally claim it as Damn. their work. That's nuts. And I mean, there's just a lot of like, and apparently, they want to argue that the original OGL was for. Uh, PDF files, because that's what yeah. it, you know, but it's like as everything on the internet has evolved to where you've been able to do more, we never would have thought of something like Kickstarter. No. But what I, about I, those that do? Well, what I'm saying, though, is that that was what originally what it was, was, yeah. you know, it was a printed or printable PDF, you know, that you could, you know, I'll sell it to you for $2 or whatever yeah. price was, you know, you download the file, print it out, and then you're using this as part of your game. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of gray area as far as um, will it affect online content because uh, from what I've read and seen, um, like the videos uh, fall under uh, fan content. So it's something different than the OGL, supposedly. Um but I mean, well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I guess they're really talking about like <clears throat> making <clears throat> adventures and saying that it's well. A see, there's official. there's there's things that are online that have you know started off as fan art. Yeah, story has been. <clears throat> Do we around. think that maybe they just jumped too far ahead on this thing? Because I don't think they. I mean, dude, Google D and D OGL. Oh gosh, and. I mean, it's pages of stuff, and if you go to any of the social media that deals with that, I mean, if you go to the official D and D social media page like Facebook <laughs> or whatever, and the comments are no matter what the post is about, the comments are filled with people just raging about this. I was looking at uh, just different articles and stuff, and um, I mean, I found stuff from writers uh, like Christian Hoffer uh, has done several article he's a freelance author author and has done several talking about the future of the you know of rpgs and you know how the open game license is going to affect dungeons and dragons you know people are wondering you know what's it going to do to critical role because like adventures that they've come up with and they've played and you know like i said it was that grayer because they were doing it online but they've published books they've self-published some stuff they've published some stuff through wizards it's like the stuff that they've self-published, though, has been, you know, put into canon. So are they going to be able to backdoor it? You know, are they going to be able to keep doing Critical Role as it is now? You know, because, I mean, basically they're they're telling people, if you want to do it, you have to sign. 
And if you sign, you're signing away all creative control. I mean, I saw, I don't know what it was I saw, and, and so don't hold me to it. it, it I, if, if, if we can find it in the thing, we can confirm it. But it's something like 25% of your profits. That's a quarter of your company. I mean, that's a, that's a lot. But is that righteous or not? I mean, that's, I, I think that's where you're, you're falling into between, you know, if a business, business and, generates more than $750,000 of annual revenue, will also need to share some of that success with us by paying a royalty of 20 to 25% of the qualifying revenue they make in excess of $750,000. Qualifying means like if they sell things that are not, <clears throat> that don't fall under the OGL. Well, I don't know. There's there's 14 more pages behind this one. So, Jesus. you know, it's, but it's. I mean, does that kill critical role? I, or well, do they make enough? I mean, you can go to the, you can go down to Sci-Fi City right now, and they have miniatures that are labeled Critical Role. Well, see, that comes from that company and other peripherals yes, and things like that. You know, the thing is, is wizards are they producing it for them, or are they producing it themselves? See, I don't know. I didn't pay attention to that. So, because I don't like Critical Role, so well, I don't pay yeah. attention to the minis. But what I'm saying is, you know, you've got all of that. Do they go off and do their own thing? Because I know uh, Pazzo has talked about. You know, they've apparently on, because uh, this was at time of recording 13 hours ago. Yeah. But uh, Pazzo, who does Pathfinder, which is basically 3.5, <laughs> a different version <laughs> yeah. of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. They it use really the same may, mechanics. It pretty much is, yeah. But they're, they're going to issue an announcement about their own OGL. So that you can keep doing stuff. And they're saying that it's supposed to be, you know, forever. So Just what D&D did years ago. Yeah, but I mean, uh, apparently but uh, that's Cobalt where, Press is going to release something. And, but that's where um, the makers of uh, uh, Pathfinder can try to get some of the market share. Well, and, by saying, "Hey, we want to, we want you to still be able to be creative and, <coughs> and make some money on the thing you love." Well, and this, I guess, this is the real crux of the whole situation. Other than the money side of it, was D and D was kind of the the you know the only thing you know it was it was the mm-hmm. big the big bad in yeah. in RPGs, yeah. And you've had things like Pathfinder and, and different, I hate to call them clones, but you know. Well, similarities, yeah. They're, they're, they're basically, they're all based off the off that design. But there's, I know this is going to sound blasphemous, but there are actually better RPGs than. Mechanic-wise. Mechanic-wise than D&D. Pathfinder's yeah. one of them. Pa- Pathfinder's uh, action economy. Um, style versus the way that D and D does is well, some and, of and it I, is I speed. Exactly was, but you get like, but you it tells you how many things you can do per round, you know, and that and that kind of gives you a uh, a little bit more, I guess, control of action economy. But anyway, not this well, isn't I mean, about Pathfinder. But the point is, is that you're right. There is some improvements on it, and um, and I do do we think that this is going to stand? I don't know. I don't know because I have read that. How arrogant is Hasbro? Well, <laughs> Hasbro, I don't think, has officially said anything. And, and uh, 
there's been some funny videos made, uh, you know, where people are like, you know, as wizards, the coast, like, man, we need, everybody's upset. We need to say something. Hasbro, nah, we're good. We don't, yeah. <laughs> and I think it's one of those things not understanding how passionate the fan base is towards this property. You're absolutely right. And I mean, they're getting tons of backlash, but well, see, they were supposed to announce Thursday. They were supposed to announce, make an announcement about OGL 1.1. And they, they were just like, no, we're not going to, we're going to push that off because the fan backlash was so, but I mean, Hasbro is screwing things up as a whole. And like so they normally do. Yeah, we're not going to go down that all the way down that rabbit hole, but As like to all like, one, like yeah, like Toy Man Terrence posted the picture in our D and D group last night of the Dungeons Dragons action figures. That, yes, that he ordered. They're really cool. But Hasbro says we're getting away from plastic. So Terrence is a um, a non opening collector. Yes. Okay, so he leaves them in the package. It's all good, but he'll never see the toy. It's beautiful artwork. It's beautiful artwork. But they could have put a rock in there. That's what he said about Avengers. He said, yeah. It's awful heavy. He said yeah, it they could be rocks. They could have put a rock in there, and you never know. <clears throat> so you're sort of alienating people on that. And I saw a ton, because I follow a bunch of these toy collecting things, huge backlash on that. And now they're going into, they're waking the dragon for a lack of, I mean, for there, to there intentionally actually, be punny. I mean, <laughs> that's the, your pun. There yes. was actually an article that said that Wizards has united the RPG fan base in a way that nobody's ever seen. Yeah. And it said, you know, basically they said, you know, they are the dragon that needs to be slain. And it's like, because I've used free content. I've purchased some additional content from like a, a, a dungeon masters guild, but I've always purchased books from wizards of the coast. And, um, other peripherals, uh, uh, spell cards, and things like that. Actual adventures. I've per- I purchased Tomb of Annihilation yes. at full price to run for uh, for us. Then I went and got you know um, like additional in- encounter books and stuff from third party creators. And I think that that's completely fine. And I can't understand. I can't understand why they. It's greed. Well, that, that's what it is. Uh, they, and honestly, I think when the open license agreement was made in 2000, they, because we didn't know anything about COVID, didn't know that was going to be a thing mm. and shut the world down for yep. pretty much three years. Yep. D&D became a hit, especially online. Yep. I know because we used Roll20. Yep. Even even with the problems that... Because people could get together and do things. That Roll20 had, you know, there were some issues. But the fact that there was nights that we couldn't get on because so many people were playing. Yeah. Were playing. Yep. And it became one of those things. It's like, how can I interact with my friends? You know, because, you know, everybody's... Because like, like Jason has a lot of health problems. We were really worried. It's yeah. like, we can't get around him. Yeah. We found a way with Roll20. And I really think that's like in the one D and D that are going to have a virtual tabletop because mm-hmm. they saw that how successful that was. What's it going to cost you? Now, didn't they buy D and D Beyond? They has. Uh, I'm not sure exactly who 
owns. I don't think I've never I've ever known who owns it. But, but it, D&D Beyond was, I think, its own thing. And then I want to say either Wizards or Hasbro bought yeah, them. Because okay. I know that, that was one of the things I was worried about was you could pay for a subscription to D&D Beyond. And I think it gave you more character slots because you get six with the free version. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to run more than six characters anyways. So, um because the characters I really care about are on paper in a book. <laughs> you should care about them now. That I've had for a very long time. Uh, but, you know, and that's another thing, D&D Beyond. Are they going to keep it? Are they going to... Yeah, or is it going to change so massively be, into something that's... Is it going to be monetized to the point? Because, I mean, like, you can go in now and buy supplements. Because, like, I've bought... I bought uh, the feats. Yeah, because there's Which things good that thing, I wanted, though. you know. Because it's like, well, I think I ended up buying the PHB after yeah. it was all said and done. Yeah, because there were parts of it that I'm like, well, I need this now. Yeah, as I just snort into the <laughs> microphone, it stinks being sick. Yeah, um, but there was there was parts because, and that's that's one thing I did like about D and D Beyond that I didn't think I would. Because I like having, I'm a very textile. Is I pull all my Ta- notes up. Tactile, 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 tactile <laughs> something, something. I like to touch stuff. <laughs> whoa, <laughs> whoa, hang on. Uh, hello. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> Show's over. <laughs> but no, I I like to have the physical copy. Yeah, I mean, I still got my second edition books. I got I my third too, edition books. The green character sheets. Yes. Yeah. God. Well, ours were usually black and white. We had to fucking that's copy because we were lucky true. enough somebody got that's one. True. I finally put Lager on a green one just because. You know. <laughs> just, but, you know, I, this is something that we wanted to talk about because it's it's a big thing and something that we love. And, I mean, we've, we've and, kind of been all over the place. because, But it's like this is an ever-evolving story that we don't have all the information to yet. Right. I think that doesn't stand. I think they'll they'll, they'll I do, honestly where I've read is they're working on version two point Yeah, they will they will remediate this and they'll do something different with it. Um it's not going they're never I don't think they can backpedal or they won't backpedal into the old one. I think there'll be some sort of adjustment. They'll they'll be a two point Um I honestly see them lowering if they if they keep the whole, hey, you're going to have to pay us money. Uh, I think the royalty rate goes way down, and the cat and the uh, the floor probably raises. I, I would <clears> say <throat> so. I mean, I, I don't know what the floor is now. It's it, seven seven fifty. Okay, is, is, and that's twenty to twenty five percent. That's that's probably okay, I guess. But but the, the twenty that's a lot. I just I, there are people. I mean, because you can get on YouTube, and I mean. Uh, I know Clownfish TV has done a video about it. Uh, the Character Shield of ComicBook.com's done it. Uh, Dungeon Craft has done it. Uh, D&D Shorts, which he's got some hilarious stuff. If you've never watched D&D Shorts, I know I send them yeah, to you yeah, all the time. Oh, yeah, they're good, yeah. Uh, the Dungeon Dudes. Uh, there, there's a lot of guys that have, a lot of people that have talked about, you know, the, the who's and what's and, you know. But right now it's all still speculation because Wizards and Hasbro has not officially come out and said this is the deal they keep wanting to say well it's a draft it's a dra- well, if it's a draft it's a very bad draft yeah it's not it good. needs to be rewritten uh you know it's 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 like you know the 
Somebody keeps telling me that they made three more Star Wars movies. Um, it, it's apparently that bad. Oh. Uh, yeah. Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> well, uh, you know, our buddy from Yoro Studios, he, he made a, uh, a TikTok about it the other day. And it's something he's a little concerned about as well. Well, I, you know, I had reached out to Raven at uh, Contraband Games. Um, I mean, because this is how he makes his living. And, you know... He said that they were still working on a statement, but you know, this is something they're really going to have to consider. You know, what do you do? Because this OGL could, you know, make or break, and I'm going to say break a lot of smaller, you know, because I mean, we don't. Not everybody's going to be critical role. You know, I mean, I I don't particularly care for their stuff, but I can tell that they're fans of it. Well, and what I like, I don't like their stuff either, but what I like about it is it has brought more people to the game. Oh, yeah. I, I've got a, I've got a lot of younger friends, uh, people that I've known, you know, from the cosplay community that got into Dungeons and Dragons because of Critical Role, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they're playing like, I think almost weekly. Uh, cause I know they've done finished, Cur- uh, I want to say they finished Curse of Strahd already. Mm-hmm. And we just started. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things that they are very passionate about it. I know my buddy Tyler, he actually dressed up as his character for the final session. <laughs> I mean, that's like, awesome. full-on makeup. He, he's, oh, uh, that's awesome. I believe he's playing uh, a, a tiefling. I want to say sorcerer, wizard, something. I'm, yeah. I'm not 100% sure. But he, awesome. he posted a Facebook picture. And, you know, yeah. he, he was on his way to the game, and, and he has... That's fun. You know, taking it that far. That's fun. And for somebody that's probably not been playing, I'm going to say three years or less. Yeah. To have that much passion for it. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. You know, that's great. And that, and I will give Matt and company all the credit for that. But, you know, it's something different than what the way we play. But at the same time, it's there's still no the game yeah, that we wrong. love. There's so, no wrong way. That's so we're, great. We're interested to see where this is going to go. And, uh, and we've got stuff, you know, we can post links in the show description yeah, we'll where you can, uh, you know, you can do your own research and, you know, let us know what you think. Uh, I think I'm going to throw a poll up on uh, Instagram. Uh, Chad probably put one on Facebook. You know, yeah. what you we'd know. like to know. We'd like to know what you think about it. You know, and I know we have some content creators out there, and I imagine you've got a, a, um, a, a significant opinion on this. So. Well, I mean, like I said, this could. Make or break. What does it do? What does it do? Do you continue on with the chance that your work gets taken? Right. Because we're just players. We talk about D&D. They can't take that from us. No, and I mean, Um, we can do whatever we want in-house. We're just just players. But we're not making any money off of it. What about you guys that are, you either are customers of or you're content creators, and you're doing your thing, your creativity, uh, for something that you love. (laughs) And how does this affect you? So, I we'll think revisit this, this. This is going to be, you know, a, a two-part episode, maybe even more. Um, we'll revisit this and see what's up. Uh, you know, this is, it kind of got released in late uh, November. It kind of got leaked. Yeah. Um, so, we thought we'd do a little, uh, you know, a little discussion, serious talk about this. So, we'll, we'll, look at us being all serious. Yeah, I know. We'll come back to it. Hey, before we go, uh, just a reminder out there that we're going to have our own very, very own Variant cover, yes, of Rich Davis's new and will be a hit, Prometheus uh, in Chains. Prometheus in Chains. And, and if you go to our social media, we've posted the 
preliminary artwork that was created from a fantastic artist uh, from Rich Davis's team, and it's got uh, Wes and I on the cover of it uh, uh, working on the uh, Frankenstein monster. Yeah. So if you want a copy of that, we're going to try to pre-sell some of those or pre-sell those as soon as we get all that figured out and and things finalized with the publishing company. It yes. is going to happen, but we're gonna we're gonna hold off and we're and, looking at early May. Yes, but we may do pre-sale before that. There's going to be 100 issues. And so that's a very it. limited run. 100 yes. issues, and that is all. And Rich Davis's variant covers, um, they go. Yes. Yeah, people love them uh, for his books, you know, and that happened for the Cult of Dracula. So hey, this will happen for Prometheus and Chains. And if you want to know more about that, Prometheus and Chains, listen to last week's episode with Rich. It's a fantastic story. It's very deep. It has a very, very deep meaning for him. It's very So personal. if you have not listened to it, you need to go back and check that out because um, – it really, it, it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. So, but stay tuned with us. Uh, we've already had a lot of people say that they want uh, copies. We're going to have them. Uh, we'll even get them signed and stuff. Yeah. Rich will sign them. We'll sign them if you want to. But uh, we're going to talk about that between now and then. That way people don't forget. And we'll keep you updated on all that kind of stuff. And, Absolutely. Uh, so but go check out that artwork and things. And, uh, and then let us know if... Uh, Hasbro's jacking stuff up or not. Let us know what you think about that. We'll find out. So until next time, Snowball Man Chad with the one and only The Research King, Redneck Wes. Yeehaw.
This episode is brought to you by Smoky Mountain Collector's Showcase. It's that time of the year again, folks. A show for all things collectible in the heart of the Smoky Mountains. The upcoming show is the Spring Showcase. It is March the 4th, 2023. The time is 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Evergreen Smoky Mountain Convention Center on the Parkway in beautiful Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Comics, cards, toys, and more. And now, a sample of Lee Ellis's God Blood. He came up for Rogot's belly. He parried, elbowed Garagot in the teeth, and slammed him into a tree. Through the tree, and out the other side, and into the dirt. Splinters fell all around, and the severed tree came falling, crushing a giant mushroom to the earth. Garagot kicked Rogot, and he went soaring, flipped backwards and crashed down twenty paces away. The Mushroom King was up and after him. Rogot grabbed his axe, pulling up a handful of leaves with it, and leapt to his feet. Their weapons collided, and they were at it again, snarling, hacking, shoving and punching, god blood thumping in their veins. Garagot thrusted the flat side of his blade hard against Rogot's axe, pressed him back, then shoved a crust-covered finger deep into Rogot's ear.